welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask and it will be given. Okay, okay. Seek and you will Find. knock and the door will be open. But then he goes on to say in verse 8, For everyone, everyone, everybody who asks, what happens? Receives. And then he says, to him who seeks, he will and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Isn't that interesting? Because Jesus is unveiling to us the kingdom of God. He says, everybody who asks, it will be given. Everybody. I thought about that and I thought, this is a picture of salvation. Anybody that asks the Lord into their heart, it will be given. That will be given salvation. It's simple. It's open to everybody. Everyone who asks, receives. So it's, it's an easy thing. What do we have to do? Simply ask and believe in our heart. We'll be, get, we'll be born again. Entry into the kingdom. But then he says, to he who seeks. So it's gone from everyone to he. It's narrowed down. Have you found that in the kingdom? It's easy to get in. God does all the work. We just have to believe. And then he says, now to he who seeks, they will find. So it goes from a open to everyone, relatively easy to get into the kingdom. Now it says, now, but once you get in, there's going to be a change, a shift. And, you're going to, and, then, and the next step is I want you to seek so you can find it's a picture of the, of the well. There are hidden things that you're going to need to discover. It's going to be difficult at times because things are going to look normal, but they're not normal. There's a, a world system and a kingdom system, and you're going to have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. If not, you will get trapped in this world system, and you won't know any different. You'll be saved going to heaven, but you won't enjoy the blessing. You are going to have to seek. But the great news is if you seek, you will because he goes on to say, if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much more? You can guarantee this. If you make the effort to seek the hidden things of God and say, God, give me wisdom, understanding. Show me how the kingdom works. I guarantee you this. You will find. Yeah. Are you hearing this though? He's saying, if you seek, you may find, depending on how smart you are, depending on where you come from. No, he says... If you make the effort in the kingdom to seek the kingdom of God, you are going to find and discover things that will blow your mind. You will discover, like Isaac, how to sow in the land of famine and reap a hundredfold. Now, that gets my attention. I've got a little bit of Jew in me. It gets my attention. I want to know how to be blessed and function in the kingdom. Then he goes on to say, then if you, if you master that, then you'll begin to knock. And this is for another day that I'm going to share on that. But you'll begin to open up spiritual avenues and, and, and doors that have been closed for generations. There is things that you can seek. This is a personal thing. You discover the kingdom. But then, then there comes the church and individuals that begin to knock and they open up whole new expressions of the kingdom. And I drew it like this on my little diagram. It says, ask, seek, and knock. It's amazing, isn't it, that the kingdom gets narrower the more we go in. 
requires more of us. There's more contention. There's more resistance. There are some Christians that they, they, they don't want to put up with any resistance. And so they're, they're at the asking stage. There are others that begin to seek and question and say, why isn't this working? What's happening here? You said this in the scripture, but I'm seeing this. And they begin to seek and they discover a whole new realm. And there are others that go even further and they begin to knock. And all of a sudden, new expressions of the kingdom are unveiled. John puts it like this. There are children, there are young men, and there are fathers. There are, and, and, and that's what I, I guess I'm trying to help you understand in this kingdom, that God is calling the church forward. He's asking us to put up with some resistance. He's asking us to inquire a bit more. You know, right across the world, and this is not to be critical, but there are Christians all over the world that never get beyond the stage of asking, never get beyond the stage of salvation. They're caught in the world system, and they're good Christians, and they love God, but God is calling for more at this hour. And so today what I want to unpack to you is, unpack to you is a little bit more of how the kingdom functions. Does that make sense? Cool, cool. So I want you to turn with me now to Genesis chapter 11. And I'm going to show you the most amazing analogy between Genesis 11, 1 to 4 and Genesis 12, 1 to 4. It's a picture of the system of this world and a picture of the kingdom of this world. Genesis 11, verse 1. This is a picture of Babylon and also a picture of the kingdom in Genesis 12. Genesis 11 once says, The whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Do you note the language in that passage of Scripture? The world system begins to take shape right here at Babel. And that's why we call the world system the Babylonian system. It was built by Nimrod. And if you do a little bit of study in Genesis 10, I think it is verse 9 and 10, we read about this man Nimrod and the, the Jews say the tradition of the Jews is that he raised his fist before the Lord and, and rebelled against him and defied him. He says, we're not going to be scattered. We will build this city. And uh, it's a picture that Tower of Babel is a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality, of a worldly system that defies the knowledge of God, that says, God, we don't need you. We don't need to rely on you. We can take care of ourselves. We'll establish ourselves. And so what you see in Babel is a physical reality of what is taking place in the realm of the spirit. Is that making sense? Now look with me in this passage of Scripture. In Babylon, they're doing everything wrong when it comes to the kingdom. So let's have a look at this. It says, they journeyed from the east. They're looking for a place to live. It says, they found a plain. They chose the location. They looked for a place 
And now they're choosing a place. Now think it in context of your life. They're looking for somewhere to live, and then they choose where they will live. And they said to one another in verse 3, Let us make brick. They're coming up with a plan. Let us make brick. We're going to build this amazing tower. And verse 4, it says, let us build. They're trying to make the plan work, the plan that they've come up with, with their own resources. The natural resource of the earth was stone, but they're making brick. They're saying, God, we don't need what you've provided. We're going to make our own resources and we're going to build our own plan. We've come up with a plan. We're going to bring the resources in and we're going to build our own city. And verse 4, it says, let us make a name for ourselves. They're trying to secure their future and their identity. This is called Babylon. See, if God had have given them the plan for the tower, he would have given them the brick to make the tower. And here's where unrest and toil and self-effort, here's where it all comes from. It's having to try and make something work that God never came up with a plan for. We're trying to do things, accomplish things, and God's not in it. And when God hasn't given us the plan, when we come up with a plan for our life, see, it's the world system. We devise a plan. We don't wait on the Lord. We come up with our own plan. We've mapped out our life. And so because you've mapped out your life, you've got to come up with all the resources to make your plan work. It's called the system of this world. And it doesn't work. It might look like it works, but it doesn't work. Let me tell you something as a side note. Some of you look at non-believers or even Christians that are doing their own thing and you've come up with this idea that they're successful. It's a lie. Let me tell you something. If God's not in it, it means it's of the flesh and ultimately behind it is the enemy. And Here's something about the enemy you need to understand. He never gives something without taking it away. When he, when he enables someone to make money, there's always a catch. The devil's not out to bless anyone. He's a user. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So you look at people that have massive homes or, or great adulation, you think, success. My friend, it's just, it's just a smokescreen. He, he gives with one hand and he takes away. See, we sing about, I don't mean to be rude, but there's a song about God that says he gives and takes away. No, that's actually the devil. The devil gives and takes away. God doesn't give and take away. God's give. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the nature of the devil. He gives and takes away. God just keeps giving. Sorry to the person that wrote that song. It's just not right. Where was I? You all good? Yeah. See, the truth is, if a person would seek out the plan of God, they would find themselves taken care of in a way that would blow their minds. The world system was birthed by the devil, and therefore it's not set up to succeed. See, when you're living in the system of this world, you are not set up to succeed. Did you hear me? If you are set up in this system of this world, and you know what it is, work harder, save, push here, push there, cheat here, 
lie a bit here, fudge this over here. That's the world system, and you can't succeed. How many Christians are avoiding this and not doing that and cheating on, you know, they get coupons, they're out of date, and they try and slide them under. They go to a hotel room and they steal all the things in there. It's a world system, and it's designed not to succeed. There's a few people offended now, isn't there? Babylon is man trying to meet his own needs without God in the equation. Trying to figure out how am I going to take care of myself. I wonder today, are there people here that you're trying to figure out how am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to get a house? How am I going to secure my future? How am I going to get married? How am I going to get this? How am I going to get that? Worrying, anxious, care. Troubled. That's the world system. The moment worry, anxiety, care come upon you, that's the system of this world. See, the enemy doesn't put worry on you because he wants you to have a bad day. Well, he does, but that's not the real reason. The reason worry comes, fear comes about my future, then I get into worry because when I get into worry, then I am, I am being enticed to take on the cares of this world And the cares of this world bring me under a Babylonian system where the enemy can manipulate me and cause me to be unsuccessful. That's what he's doing. He is driving me into his system. Worry is not the real issue. You want to be free from worry? Check out. Unhook from the world system and live under the kingdom of God. That's how you get free of worry. And so we come up with all these strategies to free people from worry. And you can pray all your life, but if you don't unhook from the system of this world, you will always be under the power of the enemy. That's the whole story, of, and I won't go into this today, but Matthew 6 and 7. Look at the lilies of the field. You know, no worry, no care, no responsibility. But it's not quite like that. Fear is the fuel that Babylon runs on. It pushes people into think, how do I take care of myself? Because if I don't take care of myself, nobody will. Look with me in Matthew 6.25. If you just quickly turn over to that. Matthew 6.25 tells us, don't take thought for your life. Don't worry about your life. Don't take care what you will eat and drink, about your body, what you will wear. Don't the, and he goes on to say, don't the Gentiles do this in verse 32? Aren't you just behaving like the rest of the world? Shouldn't there be some difference between the world and the ones who are part of my family? Why do you worry about your future? Why are you worrying? Why are you stressed out? Why do you take care? Not just about money, but about relationships, about your kids. You stay up at night worrying about them. Why do you live this way? That's how the Gentiles live. They've got no father to take care of them. What's your excuse? Why are you behaving like an orphan? Hmm. He says, don't take the care. It's a commandment. Thou shalt not be full of care. Thou shalt not worry. Thou shalt not be stressed. Jesus is saying this. Do not take thought for your life. I wonder today how many people have woken up full of cares and worries and anxiety, things that are out of your control. You stew over that. My friend, if you would take the same energy 
and put that into seeking the face of God for a plan and a strategy. See, when I say don't take no care, it doesn't mean you sit there and go, okay, kumbaya, Lord, you know, you just do what you want and I'll watch. No, it's not like that at all. When it says take no care, it's not saying don't do anything. It's saying unhook from the world system Seek my face. Lord, what are you showing me? What do you see? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? What is your plan? That's what I'm saying. Give me a plan. Give me an action plan. What is it you want me to do? This is a problem in Genesis 11. Nimrod and his able merry men... They never waited on the Lord. They didn't get his plan. They rebelled against his plan, says, we will do what we like. We'll come up with a strategy. We'll build the resources. We will make a name for ourselves. We will protect our reputation. So many Christians are on Facebook trying to defend their reputation, build their reputation, get people to like them, fancy them, star them, hashtag them. You know what? It's the system of this world trying to manipulate people to get ahead. Get God's plan. Maybe just turn the computer off and seek his face. Get a plan for your life, a strategy for your life. God, what is it you want me to do? There's nothing wrong with Facebook and all those things, but it is if that's your plan for success, for a reputation. Why did I say that? 1 Peter 5, 7 says we are to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. He's saying don't become your own source. Don't engage that system where you're worried and stressed. See, when you cast your care on him, you make God responsible for your life. When you hold the cares, you make yourself responsible. I don't know about you, but God is big. I am small. God is clever I am not. God's got it all figured out. I don't even know what the equation is. I, I, I am coming up with things that I think are real, but they're not. I have perceptions about people and circumstances that in the flesh, they're just totally wrong. God sees it all. He gets it. And he says, you know what? All this stress and stuff you're under about people and circumstances and money, and give it to me. See, this is, not, this is not just a sermon. This is what I am living at the moment, particularly for the last two years, learning how not to be full of cares. That doesn't mean oblivious to life, and oh, it doesn't matter, but learning to say, God, you asked me to do this, so it's okay. Everything looks in the natural the opposite, but it's okay. I am not going to be anxious and worried. I'm not. I refuse to. It doesn't look good. I've had a little look. But it's okay. Because you told me, I got your plan. And when I get your plan, you said, you'll work the plan. And I agree with you, but you will work the plan. You'll work it out. Is this making sense? See, mankind has always been enticed to work things out. Think of Genesis 3, 7, the first place we see where man's trying to meet his own needs. Man has a need. He's in the nude. He's lost his glory suit. And he doesn't know what to do. He's he's never, never been this way before, and it's a little bit embarrassing. 
more embarrassing for the man than the woman because, yes, men don't look as good when they've got no clothes on. And so he's got to cover himself up and clothe himself and he's really embarrassed. Come on, chill out. And so what do they do? They've got this... They've got this problem. They're in the nude and things aren't looking good and everything's shifted in their world and things aren't right. It's chaos. So instead of saying, God, could we have some clothes, please? Size 12. <laughs> what, what, what does he do? He makes for himself. They made themselves. Do you remember Genesis 11? They made themselves clothes and they failed because... It didn't cover it. It's fig leaves. And fig leaves can't cover sin. Only, only the, the animal slaughtered in the skin of an animal because there's a blood sacrifice can cover the shame in their sin. They failed miserably because they had no plan. They didn't know how to cover their sin. Fig leaves don't cover sin, but God could see ahead. He could see the lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. He could see ahead to Jesus and he covered Adam and Eve. Are you seeing this? You've got to get out of Babylon because it's a fallen system. It's a system where we're trying to meet our own needs, trying to make our own way in life. It doesn't work. Now, I want you to come over with me to Genesis chapter 12, to the good side. We're leaving the dark side, the fallen system. And it's really easy to know when you're in the fallen system because of the way you feel and think. Are you anxious? Are you worried? Are you confused? When you look to your future, does it look bleak? Do you have to think, oh, I need to work harder, save more, I don't have enough money in the bank? If you're feeling these emotions and thinking these thoughts, you are hooked to a wrong system. Every time I start to feel anxious, I know the enemy is trying to hook me back into his system. I don't want that. I want to live in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's a hundredfold living. It doesn't make sense to the natural man. So that's why the world, the media, criticize Christians on TV who tithe. Oh, what are you doing tithing? Manipulation. Well, because they're part of a fallen system. They just see 10% lost. We see it as the greatest investment of our life. We see it as giving to our Father in heaven. We see it as coming under his headship. And God could take one dollar of mine and turn it into a million. It's a fallen system versus the kingdom. Now look at the kingdom. Genesis 12. Now notice the language. When you read the Bible, listen to the language being said. Genesis 11. Let us. Let us. Let us, man-made, pushing, pushing, pushing. Genesis 12. Now the Lord said, oh, that's different already, isn't it? They said, now God's speaking. Oh, that's unusual. God speaks in the kingdom. There's a key already. Wait on the Lord. You're confused about your future? Stop. Listen. God will speak. My sheep will hear my voice. God's greatest delight is to give us the kingdom. This is not something we're trying to manipulate God into. God is just hanging out to bless people. But listen to me, he can't bless you when you're hooked to the system of Babylon. Are you listening? Man-made. You turn the TV on, opinions, 
stockbrokers, this and that. They've got no idea about the world. The Bible says the Holy Spirit in me will show me things to come. I've seen things happen in the future that no one's got any clue about. Why? Because the Spirit lives in me. Hook out of the fallen system. So you ready for Genesis 12 verse 1? Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country. Huh? It makes no sense. I'm happy here. Got everything here I need. See, when God speaks, often it will make no sense to the natural mind. God's asked me to do things that other people have thought of being stupid. What would possess you to do such a silly thing? I don't know, but God said. And I know that I know. This is not just some fleeting thought. If I didn't obey, I'd be rebellious. So when you know that you know that God's spoken, that's the kingdom. From your family, get out from your family, your mother-in-law. Okay, I can hear that, Lord. And from your father's house, go to a land that I will show you. Hear the words? Go to a land that I'm going to show you. God speaks, God shows. And I will make you. Come, let us make bricks here. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Listen to the language that we just read before in Genesis 11. We will make our name great. Here God's saying, I'm going to make your name great. Which would you prefer? Slaving, working, grinding in the Babylonian system or over here in the kingdom of God where God does the work? We just come along for the ride. We listen and obey and God does something supernatural. I have a conviction in my heart in the not-too-distant future. When we look at BRW in the top 100 earners, we will see down that list, self-made man, Christian, God-made man. Strategies from heaven. How did you get your wealth? Oh, God spoke. It's the Josephs that were in the prison and they had a plan from God and God acted. Take us from the prison to the palace. It's going to happen in every realm of society. People in in government in low positions, God's going to raise them up. Why? Because they're part of the kingdom. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God revealed his plan to Abraham in this passage. But in Babylon, man came up with his plan. What about you today? Who set the plan for your life? Your financial advisor? Your wife? Your parents? You? Who set the plan, the course for your life? Who structured it out? God or man? Babylon or the kingdom of God? Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans that you've come up with, says the Lord. And I'm not impressed. No, he says, I know the plans, what? That I, God, has for you. I've got these amazing plans. He's dancing in heaven. I've got these plans. I think we'll get to heaven, there'll be a room full of plans. (laughs) Blow the dust off. (laughs) Another Christian that missed it. Another Christian in Babylon. I know the plans that I have for who? You. Who's you? Who's you? Me, you, us, we. I know the plans, God says, I have for you, for everyone. There's not a person here today, boom, 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 right through this auditorium that doesn't have a plan from God. Amazing plans. What sort of plans does he have? Well, for, for you, I've just got the, you know, I didn't have much left over. You can just be a truck driver. 
pretty ordinary life and I'll see you in heaven when you get there. Now, there's nothing wrong with a truck driver. Like we heard before, it's Holy Ghost man or woman in disguise. I know the plans I have for you, plans filled with hope and future. A hope-filled future, Henry, he says. A hope-filled future. I know the plans I have. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in life, with what education or what job, I have plans that are so great for you. Plans of hope and future. Every believer in the kingdom will rise to the top. Why? Because God's plans always elevate his people. The way of the wives winds downwards. Now, upwards, Proverbs says. Did you hear that? God's, God's heart is to bless his kids. Now, when you've got kids and you're a good parent, you don't say, well, for four of you, I, I see you being a brain surgeon, a doctor, an accountant. You're the black sheep. You'll be on the dole. It's okay, dad will take... No, no, the plans that you have... And, and, and I don't want to... Hear my heart, I don't want to... I don't want to put people in categories based on their occupation. It's not what I'm about. What I'm saying is that God's plans are amazing. And no matter what your occupation, God can so prosper you and bless you and give you influence in every realm of society. How about I look at Joseph in prison. That's not a great occupation. But he's speaking to people who have direct communication to the most powerful person on the earth. You need to understand that. Where was I? I know the plans I have for you. Plans of hope and future. See, Abraham is in another system. See, that's why I'm fascinated about Isaac. He's, he's in a totally different system to the rest of the world. Can you get this today? You're in a whole different system. All the rules don't apply. You turn on the budget and go, oh, well, there you go. Another bad year. All the rules of Babylon don't apply to you. Why? Because you're in the kingdom of God. He's not, Abraham's not trying with Lot and Sarah, right? We've got to come up with a plan. We're going to leave, say goodbye to mum and dad. We're going to go to a country. We're going to set up base here. You're going to open a milk bar. You're going to, you know, you'll have a fish and chip shop. And we're going to take over the world. He's not thinking like that. He's saying, God's given me a plan. What's the plan? Well, I don't really know yet. He said we have to leave, but there's a plan. And we're going to follow him. And he's discovering that when God gives a plan, God takes care of it. And that's what you need to hear today. When God gives you a plan, he's going to take care of it. Either you take care or God will take care. God will take care. If God's given you kids, he's going to take care of it. He's given you a plan. Jesus said, John 5, 19, I can do nothing of myself. Well, there's a clue. If he can't, I don't think you can, Paul, or me. Jesus said, I've got no hope in my own self. If I tie myself to the system of this world, I've got no hope. But he said, here's what I do. I listen to what Father is saying and what he's telling me to do. And what he tells me the same, do I do? And I'm a big success. Hmm. 
See, if you discover what God has told you to do and say, you too will be a great success. Hence, if it, flip side, if you're not a great success, you're not hearing what Father said to do and say. You're part of a fallen system. And you're worried and stressed because that's all up to you. Mm, that was profound. So here's a clue. What will the enemy do to keep me locked into a system that's fallen? He will try and confuse my hearing and my seeing and cause me to doubt what I've heard and said. Oh, he does that to me all the time. Andrew, did you God really say it? Look at, look at this, look at this. God, God's not in this. He couldn't have said that. Because when God says things, they never go backwards first. They always go. He'll tell me all sorts of lies. He'll want me to doubt that I can hear. Anyone else like that? God didn't say that. Has God really said? Is God really in this? And he'll come because our lifeline is the ability to hear and to see. Ask and you will seek. How do I seek with my eyes and my ears? He says, if you give me your eyes and ears, you will find hidden treasures, plans, secrets, blueprints. You will find them. In Babylon, man has to do all the work. In the kingdom of God, God gets, we get a plan from God and he does the work. I don't know about you, but I want success. Don't you? Success in my marriage, my kids, my church. My job, my finances, every area of my life, I just want success. Who wouldn't want success? And success is in the kingdom. It's the only place. God gives and doesn't take away. Genesis 12.1. Go to a land that I will show you. Verses, chapter 11, they found a plan. In Abraham's place, God had the plan, but in Babylon, the man had to come up with a plan. Verse 2 of Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation, versus let us make the bricks. I will make you a great nation. I'm going to build you. I'm going to build inside you. I'm going to put the kingdom of God in you. It won't be restricted to a location but I'm going to build something in you. And so whatever you touch, wherever you go, you will bring the kingdom. I will build it in you. Versus let us make bricks. I will make your name great, verse 2 of Genesis 12. Verse, let us make a name for ourselves. Will you allow God to control the outcome of your reputation? Will you let him make your name great? Versus let us make a name for ourselves. Worry, anxious, what do they think about me? Oh, oh, misunderstood. Don't you on Facebook? Oh. Versus, I will make a name for you. I will bless you. You won't have to pump up your own tires. You don't have to tell everyone how great you are. Now, I'm not against the media and promotion, but it's the spirit behind it. Let me make a name for you. Let me promote you. See, that's what Joseph had to learn in prison. You know, as he came up with the dreams for the butler, the baker, and the candlestick maker, he said, and, and, and by the way, here's a, little, here's a little postcard with my face on it. Please give it to the king. And remember that I am innocent and my reputation has been sullied and I shouldn't be here. Amen. 
And the king ignored it. Let us make a name. And so God promoted. God brought Joseph to the mind of the servants and God elevated him. I will bless you and make you a blessing to the families of the earth versus let us build ourselves a city. See, Babylon's about you. The kingdom's about you becoming a blessing to the nations of the world. Genesis 11, man on his own tries to figure everything out. In Genesis 12, God's already got it all figured out. And I about you, but I want to check out of the world system. I don't want to be part of the Babylonian system where I'm building my own empire and control and, and having to come up with all the answers versus being in the kingdom. God, what, what's your plan? What's your strategy? God, will you make a way where there seems to be no way? I don't want to carry any cares, any anxiety, any, any. See, I'm almost 50. It's hard to believe. What gives away is the lack of hair, but everything else you'd never know. I don't have the energy of a 20-year-old anymore. And the little energy that I have, I want to use seeking the kingdom. I don't have time for worry and anxiety and stress and moaning and complaining, coming to God full of unbelief. I need to focus my attention on the answers. How about you? If you've got lots of energy to spare, go ahead and worry. But I want to focus on the answer. I'm part of the kingdom. God, show me your strategy. Release your angels. I just say yes to you. Go, go before me. I don't want to carry any stress, any anxiety about what's going to happen tomorrow or in the future. I'm in your kingdom. Make it work. You've got a plan. It's a good plan. I'm in. I don't have a care. No believer should be filled with anxiety and worry and stress. Why? Because we've unhooked from that system. And we're in the kingdom of God. Genesis 11 and 12. So as we seek first the kingdom, as we seek the Lord, he will be found. As we seek out a plan, he will reveal it to us. Ask and you shall receive. We're in. Seek now and you will find. And God's going to unlock kingdom reality in your life in such a profound way. See, at the moment, we're just talking primarily about learning to live victorious in my life how to function in the kingdom. There's the knocking that will come. And so you can't knock until you first conquer the seeking. See, why do I say that? Because if you've got worry and stress, don't bother trying to be an intercessor and a world taker and taking territory from the kingdom. If you can't overcome the cares of the day, you'll be taken out. That's not to discourage you because we're growing all these things. They're not, you get first one right, then you get the second. They actually... They actually grow together, the ask, the seek, and the knock. You don't get all the asking right, then you can seek. They grow together. Ask and you will receive. So today, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, ask. Simple as that. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to step into your kingdom, your kingdom of love. Then, then begin to seek. God, show me how your kingdom functions. Show me your plans for my life. Knock, and the door to new realities will be open, new dimensions of the Spirit, new breakthroughs over our city. So I want to encourage you today to leave your cares behind. Your worry, your anxieties, who's going to take care of my life? Leave it behind. Unhook from the world system. 
and step into the kingdom, his plans, his purposes. Amen.